This is the Pretzel Podcast, a podcast about pretzels. Welcome to a very special episode of the Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyke. And I'm Michelle Maternowski, and we're coming to you on National Pretzel Day. Woohoo! <laughs> Happy Cele- National Pretzel Day. You too, Mitch. Thanks. Uh, celebrated on April 26th. Michelle, do we know why National Pretzel Day is celebrated on April 26th? Was it like Mr. Salty's birthday? We have no idea, but we do know that it's the happiest day of the year for pretzel lovers, and it's especially happy day for us. Yes, it is because we get to share a pretty amazing field trip that we took. The Milwaukee Pretzel Company is a pretzel company that is definitely, would you say this, that they are doing something right. And delicious. <laughs> the company works out of a converted dairy plant on the north side of Milwaukee, making soft pretzels. This is our first soft pretzel episode. They're making soft pretzels from a recipe born in Germany and perfected in Wisconsin. The company has taken off in the five years it's been around, employing more than two dozen people and supplying soft pretzels to restaurants, bars, beer gardens, and even Milwaukee's basketball arena. And their reach is expanding, as you'll hear. So for National Pretzel Day, let's travel to, I think it was called the Milk Plant. That's what the sign on the outside of the building said. Uh, Where we will first meet the owners of the Milwaukee Pretzel Company. It was a busy enough day that we could only talk to them really one at a time, lest the production of pretzels slow down too much. So we're going to start first in an office off the production floor. Uh, I'm Matt Wessel. I am the owner of Milwaukee Pretzel Company, a company that um, I own with my wife, Katie. And we have been in operation for almost five years, and we make authentic, handmade Bavarian soft pretzels, and a lot of them. At what point did you wake up and realize that we are going to make pretzels for a living? Well, it wasn't a morning epiphany. It was a stumbling home from a beer garden epiphany in Germany when we were living there in 2012. We... I don't even know what beer garden we were walking back from, but we were eating a pretzel, probably my fifth or sixth of the day. And I looked at Katie and I said, we should totally make these back in Milwaukee. And for the last six months of our time out there, we actually started to create a business plan and look at to see the feasibility. We talked to a few people that were over there. And when we came back here, we didn't stop. We just started looking into it. And we never really thought it would become what it's become to this point. But, yeah, the roots of it were um, after a lot of German Weiss beer and a few pretzels. We thought <laughs> it'd be a good idea. Were you pretzel lovers before you went to Germany? Sure. Like a lot of people that eat soft pretzels at ballparks, I fell in love with them once I was over there, though. And once I realized how good a German pretzel was, I became a huge fan. I ate a, a lot of pretzel carbs while I was over there. Um, for me as a foodie, though, not really. Uh, Katie, though almost went to culinary school. She's been cooking her family's Thanksgiving dinner since she was 12. She She's always been about food. So for us to find something to do together that involved food was kind of neat for her because she's just so intuitively smart when it comes to the science behind it. So what made you fall in love with them? Honestly, so the pretzels in Germany, they're in the grocery store and they're just sitting next to all of the other bread. So they're not a thing that you wait to get heated. They're just sitting there and you grab one and they cost like 20 cents for a pretzel because it's such a commodity there. And they, it felt like a somewhat healthy, easy to eat snack. And the, I think the taste of them, I've always loved bread. So I'm the kind of guy that you could give me a loaf of French bread and water every day as my food and I'd be fine with it. I love bread carbs. But something about the pretzel and 
the the flavor profile of that deep rich pull from rye and malt and the way they cook it with the lye or bake it with the lye and that tough exterior and the best the best pretzel in germany is the one you eat at two in the morning at a beer garden because it was made at eight in the morning that day it's been sitting out for 16 hours so it's starting to get stale but it's still there's so much flavor there and that stale like you have to work at it a little bit more it just i don't know it, it that to me was better than the ones you would get in the morning our pretzels sometimes i'll have pretzels sitting in my car for a few days and you know i'll i'll start eating the ones that are three days old and we don't use preservatives uh, it's all natural and, and no nothing to slow down the the spoilage process um so sometimes you have to be a little careful but those are those are some of the best pretzels i think we make are those three four day old pretzels I'm sure your food safety person loves <laughs> yeah. that. Well, Katie hates it too. Like, it you just out. told the radio people that they should eat four-day-old pretzels. What's wrong with you? So how many pretzels a day do you guys make now? Well, it depends on the size, obviously. Okay. But if we were to make, um, it's better to talk about, I guess, in batches. You know, we go through 25, 30, 35 batches a day, which equates to, you know, thousands of pounds of dough a day. And if we're making five-ounce pretzels, it can be up to 10,000 pretzels in a day. Yeah. It is. People People like their solid carbs to go with their liquid carbs, for sure. You were telling us a little about this before we got the tape rolling. Uh, you launched fairly abruptly in time for German Fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun story because I think it speaks to you need a little bit of good timing, and you also just need a lot of dedication and passion behind it. So Katie and I, we came up with this idea, and in 2013, we were really trying to perfect the recipe find a place that would let us make the product so that we could sell it because you can't do that out of your kitchen. Um, and we had just found that. And weeks later, we decided to meet with the German Fest board to really get a sense of whether they would bring us in for 2014, you know, 12 months later. And we met with these, you know, a lot of men and women that very German, high German backgrounds, and they tasted the product and they liked it. And they called us a day later and they said, listen, we have a booth open at the festival, which was in like two or three weeks. Do you, do you want to sell pretzels there? And we had no process. We had no staff. We had, we had a bakery that we knew we could make these in. And we said, okay. And for two and a half weeks, our family, we, we convinced them with beer and pizza to come to this bakery and just make pretzels as much as we could. And at that point it took us two and a half weeks to make what we can do now in a couple of hours. And so we sold them. We, we got through German Fest and sold out, and it kind of launched us. It, it brought us a few accounts that we still have today. And my family always laughs because, of course, they were working the booth with us. They were our employees. And the first hour that German Fest opened on the first day, nobody came to our booth, and they thought, oh, my gosh. Apparently they were all talking in the background, like, this is – we feel so bad for them. They they made all these pretzels, and they're going to – and then, of course, it kind of snowballed, and – they they thought that about the entire company. When we sent the logo out for their feedback, hey, we're starting this company, they we now have learned that privately like talking amongst themselves like, What are they doing? Like who's <laughs> who's gonna buy pretzels from the <laughs> come back from this trip? Yeah, like, like what's wrong I know what with I'm them? doing with my life. <laughs> as as the co host of a pretzel podcast, I feel like these are our people. Yeah, right. You understand where we were coming from. It took them a year or two to kind of see like, Oh, okay, we get it. Well, 
and as the company starts taking off, especially you know when the pretzels started selling at German fests, you're probably working too fast to even notice. But uh, but there must have been some goosebump moments, like you know they like us, they really like us. Yeah, for sure. I think at a festival, so we a lot of our business is wholesale, so we don't talk to the customers directly um, unless you're getting an email or reading a Yelp review. So when we do festivals, it's great to see and interact with the customers. And even in that first year, you would get people with a very thick German accent who come to the German fest and they would buy the pretzel and they would come back and say, I just want you to know that's the best German pretzel I've had in my 40 years in America. It reminds me of when I, you know, used to live back in whatever small city in Bavaria. And that, that's a goosebump moment. That's a validation moment of, okay, we're not crazy. We made a product that we set out to make, which was authentic. Bavarian. So, and that still happens to this day. And the best compliment we get is from somebody who has been in Germany and tried the pretzels and says, yeah, you guys, you did a good job. Have you inspired anyone to go to Germany in the, for the first time? Well, so when they came and visited us, when we were out there, we had a lot of family that visited us. So sure. But I think what we have done is opened the eyes to people that we know in this region that when you go to Europe, you know, you think of Spain, Italy, France, and England. Those are kind of the places that people want to go, or Greece. You don't really hear Germany as a list that people want to go to. They might go there because either Oktoberfest or it happens to be a country nearby where they're already going. We, I think, have helped elevate the uh, very romantic, nostalgic uh, appeal of especially southern Germany, especially around Christmas time. When you think of, um, for those who celebrate Christmas or at least are aware of, of you know Christmas decorations and whatnot, a lot of how we depict Christmas is very nostalgic and very European and it's Southern German um, or Western French. And that that is what we remember from being over there. So whenever we know of people that are going to Europe, we force them. We say, if you don't go to Munich, if you don't go to, you know, Neuschwanstein or some part of the Romantic Road and see the castles, if you don't go to beer gardens, you're missing out on a big part of the European experience. So I think so. I want to take a trip to Germany and just eat pretzels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'll see it the minute you step off the plane in the airport so you won't have to go very far but the pretzel so part of why we've been successful in milwaukee too is we all know it's a very germanic city there's beer there's cheese there's sausage there's street festivals which are huge over there um it's it's very blue collar working um class people and we've just been missing these pretzels and so we've brought this item to a city that kind of was ready for it um, and I think that's helped us quite a bit as well. But when you go to Germany, it's, it'll be more than just the pretzels. I think you'll realize that it kind of all comes together. And it's just this experience that makes you, you know, we lived there for a year and we were homesick in terms of not seeing our family and friends. But there was very much a familiar feel to the the environment and the people and the culture because it's a lot like what we remember in Milwaukee. And that wasn't true with France and Italy and Spain, which are great places just, you know, very vastly different cultures than what we have here. Had you lived in in France for a year, this may well be the the Milwaukee foie gras. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, when we looked at Italy, we looked at England. It didn't have to be Germany, so it's sort of um, fortuitous and maybe divine intervention that we ended up where we did. Well, I feel like we should go out and sure. visit with Katie for a few minutes. Sure. Um, my name is Katie Wessel, and I'm the owner of Milwaukee Pretzel. Do you remember the first time you tried rolling your own pretzel? Yes, 
we were at our first bakery down in, in South Milwaukee, and I realized very quickly what, what an art form pretzel rolling really, really is. Well, right. I mean, you had been, uh, Matt told us the whole story of going and living in Germany for a year and, and getting kind of attached to these pretzels. You had been making food for, since you were a little girl, is that right? Yes. I started when um, I was, it was either 10 or 11. We had all these people coming over for Thanksgiving and my mom got really sick. She got the flu that morning. So someone had to take over. And my dad didn't even know how to make toast in the toaster, so I kind of jumped in and I fell in love with it from that point. From that point on, now I've been making Thanksgiving every year since then. Yes. Well, so um, so then you go to you, you go to your your first bakery and you go to roll out a pretzel. That had to be kind of a humbling experience. Yeah, it definitely it's it's one of those things where it's 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 an art form for sure. So when you first try it, it's it's a little frustrating because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So you want to do it really well the first time, and baking especially is so specific. It has to be done in an exact specific way. Um, it's not like cooking where you can throw in a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You really have to and rolling pretzels the exact same way. It's very you have to do it. You have to have the exact pressure points the right way. Otherwise, the pretzel's not going to rise in the right way. So really important to have to be very consistent with it which is hard so oh so that's the rolling part how long did it take the two of you to to settle on and perfect the recipe that turned into these pretzels so it took about nine months of fiddling around it probably would have been shorter if um i didn't have a full-time job at the time and i was focusing all my time on it but we really spent time researching different regions in Germany and how they made their pretzels and what made them unique and we also picked different things you know we'd go to one region in Germany we loved their pretzel for one certain way then we went to another region and we kind of married all of those regions and came up with our with our perfect recipe according to us regions are in your pretzel that you we do two we do a mix of we do a mix of two and one and some of it is just purely shape um, so one area, we really like the way that they shape the pretzel. So that, that kind of came into a mix. And then, you know, we really liked the flavor profile of a different region. So we kind of, but we liked the texture of another. So we, we tried to marry the two of them. The, the thing that's really struck me in talking with both you and uh, with Matt is that the two of you were not just like looking to create a food company. The pretzels happened first. Yes, that's exactly right. It was... Um, we were really making them for our home use because we miss them so much. And we, we tried to get pretzels from all over the place saying they were Bavarian pretzels. And it just wasn't what we remembered when we fell in love with. So originally it was, let's do this for ourselves. And then as we were kind of tasting, eating it more, we thought, hey, maybe there's a market for this. And when we started, I'll never forget, my, my friends and all of our friends and family looked at us like we were absolutely nuts for starting a pretzel company. And they, they tell us now, now they'll say, they go, when, when you guys first started that, we thought, oh no, this is such a bad idea. <laughs> and they go, now here you are successful, which is great. But, you know, in the beginning, they were, everyone was a little nervous. There, there, there's, a certain, there's a certain timing that when it, I mean, it seems like this is really still the, the beginning of the pretzel wave. Yeah, and I don't ever see really an end to it. It's, it, this is such a good product. I mean, there's so many great pretzel products that are on the market, 
and this is such a good pairing. It's such a great appetizer option for people. The flavor on it is so wonderful. So I, I don't, I think it's it's hit the U.S. and I don't think it's going down. You think having the name Milwaukee on your pretzels helps it in some way outside, both both here and elsewhere? Yes, absolutely. That um, my husband and I had our our only argument with this business was what to name it. And he said, trust me, I'm in marketing. It should be Milwaukee Pretzel. And I had some ger- cute German name. I can't even remember what it was. And I finally said, okay, you can have it. And now looking back, it was the best decision we ever made because this is, such a, this is home to us. And so it really ties all of that together. It brings a piece of Germany and our home kind of full circles everything together. So I'm excited to... So is it called twisting or rolling out, or what's the lingo? Well, so we, we it's rolling and twisting. So as you guys saw on our machine over here, they're, they're bringing them out to what we call pretzel strings. And then there's a little bit of rolling that happens, and then at the end they twist it. Um, these strings that are coming out here right now, you can see they're putting them on the table. They're just letting them rest for a minute because the dough needs just, just a minute or so just to kind of relax so that it's easier to roll the actual pretzel. So, and if you're good at rolling pretzels, you start on Monday. <laughs> well, yeah, so I was going to ask, when someone... I when, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so when somebody signs on, how long does it typically take them to, to get the... You know, it's really interesting because there's some people that it's a, a day and they've got it. And some people, it's a year it takes them to, to really get it. But... Generally, the average is about a good month before they really, they really get it. And we're very particular and picky about our sizes. So, so when you look at a tray of uh, of pretzels, do you know your employees well enough to say, "Oh, that's one of Joe's pretzels. That's one of..." Oh, I know. I can I can tell you exactly. I mean, just in the way, like he twists in a certain way, she rolls in a certain way, she twists in a certain way, she rolls in a certain. So I know if pretzels are coming out when I see them coming out of the oven, I'm like, oh, that was Carrie's tray, or that was Dane's tray, or you know. So and there's definitely competition in the bakery of who rolls the best pretzel, and of course it's me. <laughs> this has to be the slightest bit surreal to like think about where you were, I don't know, five years ago thinking about starting this company and then looking yeah. around at what is here today. That is, that's what gets me so emotional at the, at the end of the day. Even when we were walking in here this morning, my husband, I looked at him and I said, this is incredible that, that we're able to employ all of these people, that they're living, they're eating, they're, they're you know, experiencing life because of us, which is a really, really cool feeling. And I, I was so shocked with how emotional that was going to make me and my husband as well, and just how, how cool and rewarding that is. So, yes, way bigger than the two of you making pretzels. Exactly. It really, it really, really is. And being a business owner, you know, it's there's so many struggles along the way, and it's a lot of hard work. And this has been the hardest work I've ever done in my life. But what keeps me going are all of our employees, hands down, and knowing that we're giving them not only a you know career but a purpose and. And hopefully, you know, a sense of pride as well. Do you feel like a pretzel evangelist a bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that word. I'm going to start using that now. Since you're a fan of the Pretzel Podcast, 
Why don't you share some pretzel karma by visiting the iTunes store and leaving us a review? Or send us your feedback. You can reach us on social media at Pretzel Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Or send us an email at pretzelpodcast at gmail.com. Mitch Tyke, let's get back now to our special pretzel podcast field trip to the Milwaukee Pretzel Company as we get a tour of the facility from owner Matt Wessel and we get to try some pretzels fresh from the oven. You'll probably smell pretzels right away. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I have a hard time smelling them anymore. Really? Yeah, you just kind of become immune to it. Delightful. i for you. So this is Milwaukee Pretzel Company. Um, this is where everything is made every day. We make thousands and thousands of pretzels a day. Everything is made from scratch, and it's small batch. Everything is touched by human hands. We obviously, as you can see, rely on automation so that we can produce a lot of product, um, but everything still has a very artisanal flair to it. Uh, we make everything the way uh, they make it in southern Germany. We match ingredients. We match processes um, with our own little, what I would call, Katie Wessel flair. So my wife's one that sort of perfected our recipe, and there's a little bit of her own touch to it, but it's an authentic Bavarian um, product. So you can see here we have uh, dry ingredients. Uh, we're all natural, clean label, so there's only a handful of ingredients that go into the pretzel. What makes a German pretzel different from an American pretzel is we don't use sugar as a flavoring agent. So we don't add sugar to the recipe. Instead, we use rye and malt for flavor. So when you taste a German pretzel and you taste our pretzel, you get this depth of flavor that you just aren't used to with a run-of-the-mill American pretzel. So it starts here. We have a couple of mixers that we use. Depending on what we're doing, we can make uh, anywhere between 80 to uh, 200 pounds of dough at a time. So that's what we call small batch. If you go to large bakeries, you know they have massive drums that are making hundreds of thousands of pounds of dough at a time. Right, and from, from that amount of dough, how many pretzels would that generate? So if you dump in, let's say, a 50-pound bag of flour, uh, yields somewhere between 80, 85 pounds of dough, you're going to end up with 250 of the standard pretzels that are about the size of your hands. Obviously, if you're doing giant pretzels, you get less. If you're doing little bites like they're doing now, you get way more. So, you know, then it goes through machines to help portion the dough. Um, in about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, it looks like, you'll see them actually rolling out the standard pretzel that you're used to seeing. So machines portion it out. We have um, custom machines designed in Germany that roll the pretzels out. You'll see that in a little bit. And then the wooden tables here is where the sap actually finish rolling and twisting the pretzel. And it's where we'll let you guys give it a shot a little later on. Um, so then the dough gets proofed. It's like a sauna for the, for the pretzels. It helps it rise. And then here's where the magic happens. So um, don't take any photos of this machine. But this is, it's no secret that German pretzels have caustic soda live. Uh, a lot of home pretzel makers will use baking soda. The reason you do that is you try to elevate the pH level of the solution that you dip it in. It helps create a brown, darker crust, um, actually adds to a little bit of the flavor. Baking soda, though, is far inferior when you think of pH content. So sodium hydroxide is much more concentrated. So it goes through a sodium hydroxide bath. Um, when we first started, we were freezing the pretzels so they wouldn't lose shape and hand dipping them in lye. Now we're able to push them through a machine. It's, it's safer, it's faster, it's more consistent. Um, from a food safety standpoint, it's great. So this was designed and sold um, from Germany. We have a couple of these. 
Um, so it gets its caustic bath and then it gets baked. If you didn't put it through the sodium hydroxide, these pretzels would be light, light, light brown, but more white in color. And then they get baked. And right now we have one single oven pumping everything out. Uh, we'll be at two ovens in about a month uh, for production. And how long does it take? Uh, I imagine it depends uh, de depending on whether you're doing the large pretzels, the normal size pretzels, or the nuggets, but, uh, but about how long do they have to bake? Uh, anywhere from seven to 10 minutes, so it's very fast. And what we do is we sell, a, most of our business is wholesale, and we're selling a fully baked product, which means all they have to, they could eat it out of the box, but what they do at the restaurant is they'll thaw it and they'll reheat it for a couple minutes. So we actually bake it a minute or two below where we otherwise might, so it's still fully baked, but the restaurant obviously is cooking it a little longer. So the pretzel you taste actually will still be great and tasty, but if it were to go for another minute or two, you'd get that truly tough outside crust, that crackly crust that really makes up a German pretzel. We don't do that here because otherwise then the restaurant would be drying it out. Well, and so I'm watching her back up these pretzels. These Are, the, are these unsalted pretzels? That these are, are unsalted um, three-ounce pretzels that Carrie is bagging right now. And the reason we don't salt them ahead of time is because the salt will just sweat into the pretzel by the time you opened it, it would, you wouldn't even see the salt. Um, we provide salt in the box. So what they do at the restaurant is what you would do if you bought a box of pretzels in the grocery store. You'd wet them, you'd salt them, and you'd put them in the oven for two minutes. Very, they go very quickly. Um, and then, so yeah, then we cool and package and everything gets out. So we make everything to order. We have a freezer on site where we store a product for distribution pickups. We also, like on a day like today, we do a lot of local deliveries. So everything you see here right now is being delivered today fresh. So we have a pretzel truck you put it on? We do. Yep. It's got our logo on it and a pretzel. Can you play everything a special else. pretzel song? It does not. No. It would be great <laughs> if it did. I always tell the driver it would be great. Whenever you go out, you should just have a bag of pretzel bites in the passenger seat so you can just throw them out like a parade and make people happy. Um, we do have a pretzel trailer, so it's kind of like a food truck, um, although we don't prep food in it, we just reheat, and we take that to festivals. It's like a German-looking hut, and we'll be bringing that out on National Pretzel Day. Uh, we're going to post on social media that morning, hey, come here and get a free pretzel. We're going to give out a 1,000 free pretzels at a surprise location. So yep. these, are, these are about to go into the live bath here? Yep, so if you want to come over here, you can actually see it go through. Bites are the most tedious thing that we do um, because without the proper machinery, there, there's a lot of hand cutting and whatnot. Um, and it, as you can see here though, uh, they, they're on the peel boards, named that because they literally get peeled off the board. And then they'll go through this shower. This waterfall right here is a food grade lye that we dilute in water. And then Carrie kind of repositions them we we, uh, we had a chance to learn all about lye in our in our uh, the, the science of pretzels. Episode. Isn't it fascinating that somebody at some point thought to dip something in a very caustic substance and then eat it? Yeah, like did it accidentally it fall in? And I they're like, know. "Ooh, this is good." Well, and they say that um, you know pretzels were traditionally invented by uh, a monk in response to you know a reward for children prayers, but the Germans and in Western Europe they just had the Laugen bread the this art of making bread dipped in sodium hydroxide. So somewhere, some maybe it was a happy accident, like cornflakes, <laughs> where it, somebody screwed something up and then it just tasted good. But yeah, it's if anything, it's a bit of a barrier to entry for the business because it's no one likes operating with lye. Lots of customers that reach out to us, they'll make pretzels in house at a restaurant, but they're tired of doing it because it's such a laborious process. Yeah, and they're happy to to bring us in.
So that's the facility. We wish it were 10 times larger. <laughs> but, uh, well, right, you are a little bit on top of each other. Yeah, you are. We are redesigning the bakery over the next two months so that everything this side of this pole will be open, cooling, product, and packaging. Because this is where they, they feel the pinch the most. And in the dead of summer, it's not. Yeah. It's a little, little warm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, it may be the best smelling room I have ever been in. It kind of like when we first walked in, it like really hit you, but then you kind of like it get dissipates. used to it. Yeah. yeah. And for me, having been here for years now, I'll go into another bakery that makes some other product and it'll hit me. But the smell of pretzels, it's like my nose is immune to it. I wonder when you go out someplace after work, do all your clothes smell like pretzels? People come, you walk in someplace and they say, oh, Matt's here. It smells less like a pretzel. And I used to work at Einstein Bagels and I would leave work and I wouldn't smell like bagels. I would just smell like food stuff. And I feel like that's the same thing here because um, you're just around all this stuff all day. No, you don't smell good when you leave here. Do you eat a pretzel every day? No, I used to. In Germany, I would eat three to four a day. Uh, when we first started here, I'd eat a lot. I'll still eat them here, uh, but they, you know. <laughs> Do you guys want to try one? Yeah. All right, let me grab, let me grab one. Pulled right off. You want to take a... And you have salted these. We salted these for you. Thank you. Um, typically, as you can see, they don't salt them. And you'll notice uh, the, the dark brown color that comes from the lye. But again, if you were to reheat this for two more minutes, it, the darker color would pull out even more. So that's for you. Thank you. Yep. Um, allowed to eat in here? You're, you can eat. We'll call this a sanctioned SQF. Our food safety guy is directing us to the, the place in which to do it. So you're, you're, um, you're getting probably a depth of flavor, a punch of flavor, and that comes from the rye and the malt. Uh, a bit longer from fermentation time, which pulls the flavor out. And then you're actually getting flavor from the lye, which a lot of people don't realize with German pretzels, that skin is a contributing factor, not just to its color and its texture, but its flavor. So if you were to just lick the pretzel or eat the skin, you'd get a really tangy flavor. Yeah, I feel like you don't really even need the salt that much because there's so much flavor on the, on the outside yep. of it. Yep. Well, I mean, pretzels in general have sodium um, in, yeah. the, in the dough. And if you were to go to Germany and buy pretzels, they'll actually only salt very little the belly of the pretzel, like four or five grains of salt. When we first lived there, it was very weird to us because we're used, like, oh, I want one with more salt. You don't find it. And that's exactly why, because you don't, you don't need it. So, um, like, when you go to a Bucks game and you get a big salt pretzel, they have to cover it with so much salt because otherwise it tastes so bad. So, yeah, that, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't, we don't make negative comments about our competitors but in theory the reason American pretzels are salted heavily is because they need that to pull out any flavor now if you go to the Bradley Center now it's our pretzel all the pretzels are our pretzels as of this year they still salt they still salt them pretty heavily and that's because in America we're just used to doing it so part of our not challenge but just education work has been letting people know German pretzels don't have to be overly salted they, they don't have to be warm. So what you're eating right now is cooled, and it still tastes good. Um, a, lot of, a lot of places serve our pretzels warm. We're just used to that here. But if it cools down, it, it can still have a desirable taste. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then the oversalting thing. The other thing is they don't need to be dipped. So an American pretzel, you're not usually going to eat without dipping it in cheese or something else. 
German pretzels, they'll give you dips in Germany, um, and these are great with a beer cheese or queso or mustards, gourmet mustards, but you don't need to. I, I wonder if uh, also the over-salting at some place like the Bradley Center has as much to do with selling beer to go with the pretzels and making sure people are thirsty so that they buy beer. Yeah, well, anytime you're selling beer, you want to sell salty food. Um, and I think, but I think it has more to do with just over the decades, concession stand pretzels have traditionally been very highly salted. I remember even as a kid, it's not just the Bradley Center, any sporting event I'd go to, I'd get a pretzel and I'd be brushing all the salt up because there's just so much on it. And we still get a lot of people at festivals when we're salting pretzels, they'll say, can I get one with more salt? And they will literally wait for four minutes while we put through a really generously salted pretzel. And we're like, you don't need to do it this way, but... You know, they have a bit of a sodium tooth. Michelle, I was, as I'm eating this, I'm remembering uh, one of the things that Ann Bravik, our food scientist and the scientific consultant to the Pretzel Podcast, was talking about, um, which is the kind of stickiness um, when it goes into your mouth of a good pretzel. And, I mean, it's, it's definitely here on this. An American pretzel, when you bite into it, it kind of breaks. It's a little drier, maybe. This is a bit more of a pull. Um, stickiness. It. I always compare it more to like a bagel than an American pretzel, and that has to do with the quality ingredients, the way it's made, the lye. Um, yeah. The freshness is huge. Yep. Too. Yeah. The fact that you're eating it right off the line matters. Well, right. You definitely. This definitely feels more like it's part of the bread family than, especially going to a really generic sporting event. Sometimes they, those do not even feel like they're part of any food group. No, and, and that, right, right, yeah. And you dip it in something that's not a food either. Right. <laughs> it, ends up, it ends up becoming a, the dip becomes a vehicle, or the pretzel right. becomes a vehicle, vehicle by which to eat the dip. Cheese, yes. The, um, in Germany, they will put pretzels at, on the table. It's your table-side bread service. You quickly realize that it's not free, and you get charged for what you eat, like we did. But it, it absolutely has sort of this bread-like characteristic that you're eating it, you're dipping it in the gravy of whatever you're eating. It's not meant to be just a snack. That's very true. Well, and, and even though you found out that it, it was not free, it must have proved to be a fairly good investment for what you ended up doing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it, people buy pretzels. Uh, the beer market craze has helped us a lot because it's a natural pairing. Uh, a tap room that opens up with no food offerings because they have no kitchen can sell chips, pizzas, and our pretzels because we're fully baked. They're just preheating them. They don't need a license. Uh, they only need a little conveyor oven or um, uh, toaster oven. So the market for us has been large. And then the I think people are just realizing now how good a pretzel can actually taste. So you have people who are pretzel lovers who don't realize that what they've been eating for years maybe isn't as good as what they um, could be eating. We're sort of really just at the point where people are becoming, God, I feel weird saying this, pretzel connoisseurs. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like what happened with the beer industry 10, 20 years ago. People finally realized that, you know, the domestic scene was what it was, and then people made, made different varieties of beer, and there are people that didn't know there were all these different types of beer. Beer could have such different flavor profiles. And not to take away from the large domestics, there's a time and a place for everything, but I feel like with pretzels, people are just now realizing, oh, maybe I can be a little more picky about this. And for us as concession groups, stadiums, uh, colleges, universities, and just great restaurants in general are trying to up their food game because 
people like us, consumers of food, are becoming more picky. We don't want to eat highly processed, non-local um, items. It, it just really helps a product like ours even more. So yeah, we it was good timing. Do you sell outside of Milwaukee or the state of Wisconsin? We do. We're in 13 different states. Um, you know, some of those states are just one restaurant that, that we've latched onto that's brought us into new states. But in terms of like Minneapolis, Chicago, the Michigan area, Wisconsin, we have quite a, quite a decent presence in growing. And you're in grocery stores too? Not in grocery stores. You can order off our website okay. and we'll ship them to you or you can pick them up here. Uh, we will be in grocery stores eventually as a frozen item, but that's, that's just a different way to package and everything else. And the wholesale market for food service is... You know, it's a, it's enough to keep us busy, so we're focusing on it. Your huge pretzel that you guys make, the giant. Yeah. So we make a 24 ounce pretzel, and we make a 16 ounce pretzel. We also make a giant um, extra large pretzel that is sold at the Jackson Pubs in the area. And let me see what we have. So this is a 24 ounce pretzel that somebody ordered online, bagged for freshness, and then put in a pizza box for serving. So this is the same recipe as the five ounce. It's just a larger piece of dough. Staff like making it because it rolls out just as fast and there's less to do per batch because there's so much dough. So this is 24 ounces of dough, or it's actually 27, so that when it bakes and it's done, it's a 24 ounce piece of pretzel. And these and the 16 ounce have become wildly popular as appetizers because it's a communal appetizer three or four people can go in on it together you usually get multiple dips at a restaurant so you can try cheese you can try mustard you go to a place like three lions and you can try different variations of that so regular with pepperoni on it with cinnamon sugar so there's different ways to dress up the product too and and they do the dressing up you just send them the pretzel yeah katie my wife kind of made this distinction early on she said it's a blank canvas we will educate people we'll give them sheets of ideas but at the end of the day it's better for the consumer cheaper for the restaurant and better for the product if you're sprinkling the cheese on and then reheating the pretzel versus us pumping it with some sort of processed cheese you have no plans to make crazy flavored pretzels no not currently only because it sort of goes against the Bavarian brand. What we are looking at, there's places that make infused salts. So you can, instead of regular pretzel salt, you can do like a garlic salt on top. So you can add flavor via, via the salt topping. We're also, we've worked with Sprecher a couple times to try beer pretzels. So you remove the water and you add beer instead. So the pretzel itself takes on a very beer-like that's a little, that's very anti-Bavarian because then yeah. it tastes like the beer. But um, very Milwaukee. But we've tried, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, too, when you start adding stuff into the pretzel, um, we're certified, we're food safety certified or, um, operation, and anytime you're adding different ingredients that might be allergens or things like that, you have to be more, everything changes. Well, and so in the end, you are really just providing the canvas and leaving exactly. it up to the restaurant and consumer. And 90% just salted. And then they'll have their own cheese. Some places are too small to have a house-made sauce, so they'll buy it. Others will make a house-made sauce to really help stand apart. And, but, and then there's the 10% that will dress it up in some way. In fact, this large pretzel you just saw, we're, we're marketing more and more this idea that the Madison Zoo turned us on to, which was to fill the holes with more food. So you can do fried food, french fries, cheese curds, corn dogs. 
you can do meats, and then the pretzel becomes like the bun. You can do cheeses, so sort of like a cheese board in the pretzel. It elevates what they can charge for it. It looks really awesome. And again, only in Wisconsin would a zoo turn you on to this. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, we went over to the, the zoo in Madison, and they showed us, and they said, as soon as we bring one of these out, all the other moms in the room were like, I want one, I want one, because it feeds a family. And Yeah. Yep, only in Wisconsin. We should note that Mitch has finished his pretzel, and I'm almost there. So that was our pretty amazing morning spent at the factory, where the Milwaukee Pretzel Company makes their pretzels to ship around the country. And a better smelling factory you will never find. It was really, I can still I can still smell the pretzels on my clothes. Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> Special thanks to Katie and Matt Wessel for having us out there. They let us try rolling and making our own pretzels while we were there. It was not much from an audio standpoint. We kind of had to put the recorder down to really make it work. But uh, you can see the results on our Instagram feed at Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyne. And I'm Michelle Madernowski. We produce the Pretzel Podcast at the Pretzel Command Center within the studios of WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, which distributes many other fine podcasts. You can subscribe to them at NPR One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trapper Shep wrote our theme music, and Sarah Dimborowski is the disembodied voice of the Pretzel Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and it's National Pretzel Day. Go find yourself some pretzels. You deserve one. From Pretzel World Headquarters... This has been an episode of the Pretzel Podcast, a production of National Pretzel Radio. Pretzel.